And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. It is Tuesday, the 29th of September. Mazer is jumping in the chat for the beginning of the show. Yes, welcome. Hello. Glad you can make it. So uh, today is going to be a little bit more light. It is, I believe, coffee day, National Coffee Day. So I'm drinking my coffee. We're still waiting for a coffee sponsor, by the way. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Sci-Fi Snob in the chat. And uh, today, like I said, we're going to have a little bit lighter, a little bit lighter tone today. We're going to talk politics. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Okay, so tonight is the debate. I'm not going to get into uh, uh, either side, but something something has crossed my uh, my radar here that I thought would be interesting to take a look at because as uh, as I am not going to tell you how to vote, and those of you who are outside the United States are probably shaking your head at the circus, and justifiably so, but inside the United States, we have our first presidential debate tonight between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And uh, it could go either way. You never, you know, these things are these things are relatively unpredictable. But that's not that's not my topic. Today's topic we're going to talk Star Trek and uh, something specific that crossed my radar. But first, before we get to that, let me uh, let everybody know that uh, we have a discount code negotiated over at superherostuff.com. You can get ten percent off your order. When you use the promo code Sci-Fi for Me ten when you check out, that can be used in combination with other uh, offers at times. So, uh, oh wait, I don't want that. Sh- I don't want that shot. I want that shot. There we go. So now you can be looking at my face and not my gut. All right. So, so over uh, over the last couple of days, I've started to see this. There's a new website that has uh, gone live. And every election year, we see these efforts to, you know, get out the vote. This goes all the way back to the Rock of the Vote movement back on MTV. You remember those days? You remember those? Mrs. Boss shaking her head. She probably barely remembers them. (laughs) As young as she is. But, uh, But we have here a new effort. And, and I applaud the effort to get people to register to vote. It is one of those things that's a very important part of our process here in the United States. It is a right, it is a privilege that uh, very many people don't exercise, and they do so uh, to their detriment. I think, uh, I think voting is a very important part of the process for uh, the republic, 
because we don't have a democracy as much as people like to kick that word around. We have a representative republic, and it is our responsibility as citizens of the United States to choose wisely when it comes to selecting people to represent our interests. And your mileage may vary as to whether or not our elected officials actually represent our interests or theirs, but that's a conversation for a different show on a different station that's not ours. But what I do want to look at is this new effort called Trek the Vote. This is uh, organized by a number of different Star Trek people, and uh, it is uh, the subheading here, Trekkies Organizing for Fair and Equitable Elections. Now, on the surface of it, I, I, I'm totally fine with the motivation of getting people aware and informed and able to vote in their elections. That's a, that's a, a noble effort. It is a laudable operation. My mind just went blank there for a second. I applaud, I applaud the organization of these efforts to motivate people to participate in the process. Now, that's a very broad, big brush thing. When you get into the nuts and bolts of it, what do these organizations really have as their motivation? Because I look at the Trek the Vote thing, and, and, and I'm not going to play the video, but the video involves a number of, of Star Trek alumni talking about how you know, the, the election's important and there's all these issues and we need to have fair and equitable elections and, and all of these things. And, that, and, and that's all true. We do have to have fair elections. And the layout of the, the, layout of the site is fairly simple. It quotes Jean-Luc Picard, the first duty of every Starfleet officer is to the truth, whether it's scientific truth or historical truth or personal truth. It is the guiding principle on which Starfleet is based. Some people would do well to remember that a little bit better than they actually do, but I'll, I'm going to skip that for now. Trek the Vote is a grassroots, fan-driven volunteer drive. Our mission is to connect our fellow American Star Trek fans with nonpartisan groups working to ensure a fair and equitable electoral process in our communities and to carry the principles and work ethic we've learned from Star Trek along for the ride. Okay. All well and good. That sounds fine. Nonpartisan groups are all over the place. They don't have... A lot of, you know, ulterior motives and shenanigans and machinations and whatnot. Possible missions. This is, you know, it's basically organizing volunteers. Organizing, you know, grassroots effort, organizing volunteers to get people registered to vote, get people to the polls, organize some, some efforts to get people to volunteer as poll workers. So here's... Here's, uh, you can get connected to be trained as a poll worker. So these are the people that actually sit in. When you go to vote, these are the people that are sitting at the table and they check your ID. You do have your ID, right? And they give you your ballot and they tell you, go sit over there. Here's your pencil, whatever. You go do your ballot and then they, they 
monitor when you put your ballot into the machine and they, you know, they give you your sticker and you're on your way. So there is that. And we do hear, because of the pandemic, there is a shortage of poll workers. So this, this is a good goal. We need to have people that are willing to volunteer, and they don't all have to be over 60. It's perfectly fine if you're in your 30s and you want to be a poll worker, or your 40s, or your 50s, or your 20s. I think when you get into your 20s, you're still a little mush brain. And you're, and you're figuring things out. So I would give you a pass if you're still in your 20s. The, by the time you're in your 30s, you ought to be aware enough. And you have a friend who likes to work the polls, huh? Not the polls. Different polls. <sighs> Did you spell that right or spell that wrong? I think you should look at that. Uh-huh. Okay. So, polls, not polls. We working the polls is a completely different show. Not ours. All right. So, uh here we go. Get trained as a professional poll worker. The pandemic has led to a shortage of poll workers who are usually older and therefore more vulnerable to COVID-19. Unless more people come forward to help, some polling locations will be shut down, leading to longer lines and lower turnout. Starfleet officers assigned to this posting will serve inside of a polling place, checking voters in, handing them their ballots, and answering questions related to the process of voting. Now, that's a very important key piece. When you are working as a polling volunteer inside the polling place, you are not allowed to do any electioneering. The only thing you can ask, answer in terms of, the, of questions is process. Where do I get my ballot? How do I fill out my ballot? You fill out your ballot, make a big circle right here, make sure it's all fill out properly filled out, and then you turn it in over there. You're not able to sit there and say, well, if you vote this way, then this will happen. If you vote that way, that'll happen. And here's what the here's what you're supposed to do with this amendment or this, you know, bill or whatever. Poll workers are not allowed to electioneer, and there are no electioneering allowed within, I think, what, 25 or 50 feet of a polling place. So poll workers are only there to sit there and say, okay, you need your ID, and here's a pencil, and here's the ballot, and here's how you do it, not what you do. They're not going to tell you your choices. They're not allowed to do that. Here's another one. Uh, provide accurate information. Now, accurate, your mileage may vary on that. That's a point of view there. Experts anticipate an unprecedented amount of disinformation intended to prevent people from voting this election cycle. Now, there's where you start to get a little dodgy because one man's belief is another man's fake news. So... Who decides and how do you judge whether or not something you're being told is propaganda or disinformation and how do you decide what is the truth? It is up to you. You are responsible as a citizen to be informed and educated in the issues. So you need to seek out the truth. Whether the truth is something that you like or want to hear 
or not. And that's true for both sides of the aisle. So this is another uh, or, uh, this is another volunteer group. Starfleet officers assigned to information accuracy roles may reach out to voters via phone and text to provide accurate information and help them create voting plans, as well as answer any questions they may have about the process, or monitor social media to report disinformation and connect voters who post about having trouble voting with accurate information and legal advice. Now, let me let me stop there for a second. It's not a very good idea for people who are not lawyers to give legal advice. We've seen the cesspool that is Twitter law, law Twitter, and we we hear all the time in advertisements for for lawyers and accountants that you know this is this is a solicitation of services the choice of a lawyer is is important it shouldn't be based on you know solely on advertising type stuff there are all sorts of disclaimers when people are sitting there getting into legal or financial discussions they are required and obligated to sit there and say i'm not advising you unless you're my client I can offer information and insight, but I'm not telling you what to do because you're not my client. I'm not your lawyer. I'm not your accountant. They are required to do that. They have to give those disclaimers. So this is a little bit of a, of a, of a sideways glance here for this, because if you're going to monitor social media to report in disinformation, who's to say that you're not tr accurate when you report those things, because anybody can report anything as untrue if you disagree with it or you don't like it. I mean, we've seen abuse of the system all over the place. We've even seen social media decide this is true, this is not true, and they're not unbiased either and there's no guarantee that anybody here that's reporting quote-unquote disinformation is going to be unbiased where are the checks and balances for that and not just not just the trek the vote people anybody who's volunteering for this kind of thing now if you're if you're volunteering for a partisan organization i fully expect you to take one side or the other and you're going to act accordingly but if you're going to be a non-partisan group and that's the key thing here. If you're going to be nonpartisan, then the goal is to be fair and objective as much as you can. Okay. So now we go here. Protecting voting rights and voter safety. Voting should be safe, secure, and accessible. Starfleet officers assigned to these postings will identify and report a voter intimidation at the polls. What's the definition of that? Ensure polling places have proper PPE and are wheelchair accessible. That's, that's important. Monitor line length and answer questions from voters who are having trouble understanding their rights. Okay, if I'm going to be answering questions about voter rights, what kind of training and information am I going to get? And where is that information coming from? If I'm going to have John Q. Public as a volunteer answering questions about voter rights, they'd better have it right. 
they'd better be correct in their information because there are a lot of people that don't understand some things about voter rights. A, 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 good, a good example of that is a, a misunderstanding between mail-in ballots and absentee ballots. They don't work the same way, and a lot of people on social media especially is, have, have been discussing it as if it's the same thing, and it's not. Attend to basic voter needs. Many voters will face long, uncomfortable lines and require food, water, and bathroom breaks. Starfleet officers assigned to these postings will provide sustenance to voters and hold their place in line when they need to use the restroom. These assignments will take place primarily outside of polling locations. They're ideal assignments for junior officers as young as eight years of age with the careful supervision of a superior officer. Masks will be required. Okay, not bad. I can see that especially if the polling places are going to get consolidated and they're going to take it's going to take a longer time to get in and and vote and and take care of the process some people are not going to be able to stand in line that long um, but I would suggest that you go before you leave here's another one here protect the results this is still on the trek the vote site the results of this election will not likely be known for several days or even weeks after polls close because so many people are voting by mail due to the pandemic. That's an assumption. We don't know what voter turnout is going to look like on election day. Bear that in mind. Continuing here, multiple organizations are working to ensure that no results are declared or certified before all secure, verified mail-in ballots are counted. All officers who accept a posting with Trek the Vote will receive a communique from Starfleet Command with possible assignments in this category in the days following polls closing as the shape and disposition of the needs become clear. Now, the rest of this, here's your volunteer thing. Here are the partners. Who are the partners? Let's take a look. Power the polls. Let's go to About. First of its kind initiative to recruit poll workers to ensure safe, fair election for all voters. This is a critical moment. America is in the midst of a nationwide poll worker shortage. Okay, so uh, they're partially they're addressing the need for low risk and diverse and diverse and diverse poll workers who can staff in person in person voting locations during early voting and on election day. Uh, their goal is to try to get 250,000 people to sign up to be voter uh, to be volunteers for uh, poll workers. Okay, I, all right. But powered by work elections. What's work elections? Let's go to that site. Work elections compiles poll worker requirements and applications project of the Fair Elections Center. Now we are f what four? We're now four layers down into the rabbit hole. Fair Election Center is a national nonpartisan voting rights and election reform 501c3 organization based in Washington, D.C. So they're an advocacy group. They're probably, you know, a lobby group. Our mission is to use litigation and advocacy to remove barriers to registration and voting, particularly those disenfranchising, underrepresented, and marginalized communities. Now, we know how 
that language is used generally. All right. The Poll Hero Project, Trek uh, the Vote, is, is also connected to the Poll Hero Project. So let's go to their About page. See, now, again, remember the key words here, nonpartisan. And if you go down to the project election, the one we just looked at, when they start talking about you know, underrepresentation and diversity and all that, those are, those are red flag words. So here's, here's a new one here. The, the Poll Hero Project was founded by a group of Princeton University students, Denver East High School students, and a University of Chicago Booth School of Business graduate who cared deeply about democracy and nonpartisanship nonpartisanship okay um, their work started as a, as an effort to build vote by mail uh, federal funding for vote by mail they started they started looking at getting uh, more poll workers okay bunch of young people on this board that's good to see. It's good to see young people active in in the electoral process. That's encouraging. And it's a good mix of it's a good mix of kids here. Look, there's even a ginger. I I I'm I applaud them for including and there's another ginger. I they, they've included a couple of, of gingers in this. That's that's fine. Okay, so they've even got a TikTok account. <sighs> All right, so who's the Election Protection Project? Trek the Vote is connected as a partner. Election Protection. Stopping voter suppression. Now, if you agree, this is off of their website, for those of you who are listening to this as a podcast, the Election Protection site, not affiliated with any political party of cop, they say, but bold as brass right here in the front, you have uh, two women of color on in the photograph. You have stopping voter suppression, the implication there. Now, this is a graphic design thing. I've done this for a number of years. So this is minority focused, whether they want to admit it or not, implicitly they are they are subliminally or subconsciously making that connection between these two who are not white and this big headline here, stopping voter suppression. If you agree that every eligible voter deserves to have their voice count, you can take action for home or in person by serving as a nonpartisan election protection volunteer. And that's fine. If you have people who have a legitimate right to vote in the American election, they should be given a chance to vote. The question then comes eligibility. Because eligibility is a thing, and it is very clearly defined, and there are some people that would like to redefine that. All right, Trek the Vote is connected also to fair count. Now, a lot of this seems to be you know, we want to make sure that everybody gets to vote. We want to be sure that there's enough poll workers. Okay, fine. Fair count. Let's go to About Us. Their mission. If it loads here. Oh, 
Look at that. What was her name? Who lost in Georgia? Huh? Stacy Abrams. So why is there a big photograph of Stacy Abrams right here at the front? She's not listed on the staff. I don't see Stacy I don't see Stacy Abrams name on here anywhere. Why is there a photograph of Stacy Abrams here? Our mission, Fair Count is dedicated to partnering with hard to hard to count communities to achieve a fair and accurate count of all people in Georgia and the nation in the 2020 census and is strengthening the pathways to greater civic participation. All fair, all that's that's a noble goal. But why is there a picture of Stacey Abrams sitting here? What does she have to do with this organization? You start to dig, you start to dig, and then you start to wonder. All right, so here's the council, the, the organizers of Trek the Vote. You have Andre Bormanis, Andrew Robinson, Armin Shimmerman, Chase Masterson, and then you get into some people here that are fans. Hannah Hattay, Gates McFadden, J.G. Hertzler, Kitty Swink, John Billingsley. All of these are actors who have been involved in Star Trek. Robin Curtis played uh, the, seven, the second Savick. Uh, Will Wheaton. And then you have some other people that are, you know, behind the scenes, graphic designers and website engineers and the like. Here's a frequent queries. Are you an official Star Trek project? They say Star Trek is the intellectual property of CBS. We're a grassroots network of Trek fans, actors, and behind-the-scenes professionals not affiliated with CBS. Now, having said that, their, their use of calling all of these people Starfleet officers and Starfleet Command implies, and I'm going to make an assumption here, and I realize that it's an assumption because I haven't confirmed this. I haven't reached out to anybody to see one way or the other. But there is an implied understanding. The implication here is that CBS has at least given tacit permission for them to call themselves Starfleet officers, Starfleet command, and whatnot. Because... As we saw with the Axanar, uh, the Axanar lawsuit, CBS, at least in the in the last couple of years, has been very protective of their brand, and rightly so. They should be. Here's the other question: Are you for or against any candidates? And the answer to this, each individual member of the Federation Council is free to express their own opinions about everyone and everything on the ballot, but Trek the Vote is a nonpartisan initiative. That means our only interest is to have an election in which every eligible American gets to vote easily and safely, and each vote is scrupulously counted and certified by local and state elections officials. Great. That's all fine and well and good. So my next question is, why are we using the Black Power Salute on the logo? 
And I suppose there's nothing wrong with it. But that fist raised in the air, I mean, certainly it has a number of connotations, a number of meanings. It's been used in various different contexts throughout history. But it is currently associated with the Black Lives Matter movement. And as we've seen in reports, the organizers of the Black Lives Matter organization itself are Marxists. And Marxists, in my opinion, don't have the United States welfare as their goal. I could say that better. Marxists don't see the United States as something to be lauded or applauded. And there is a difference. I will make the distinction. I recognize the distinction between the Black Lives Matter organization and the movement. But the organization admittedly they have even said, and they're on record, there is tape, that they are trained as Marxists. Marxists do not have the best interests of the United States as their operating goal. Now, we'll go back through here down here they say you know anybody can say anything anything about anything okay well i'm going to scroll through here let's see who's in this video there's gates mcfadden there's john billingsley there's robin curtis andy robinson played garrick jg hertzler looking very festive and santa clausy armin shimmerman who's got a new book coming out I'll give him a I'll give him a plug, sure. Will Wheaton, who is a terrible person online. We'll get to that in a minute. Chase Masterson. Looks like she's in Chicago, uh, uh Colorado. I'd love to get back to Colorado. Kitty Swink. Uh now you may not know her. Uh she played a couple of different roles in Deep Space Nine, but she's married to Armin Shimmerman. Hannah Hattay, who played Molly O'Brien, little teeny tiny Molly O'Brien, all grown up. And then back to Gates McFadden and the Black Power with the Idic, the, the Vulcan salute. And then Iris Stephen Bear at the end there, who was a producer on Deep Space Nine. All right, so let's, let's take a look here. All right, so Gates McFadden is the first one up. Let's take a look at her Twitter account. She just got uh, she just got announced as participating in a new uh, podcast project. I do believe we had we had that here. We reported not too long ago. But if you scroll through her, we'll go to her tweets and replies. Uh, there's some old some older stuff. There's stuff about her watch showing up in in the episode because apparently she forgot to take it off. 
and you know a little bit about the Trek the Vote. That's fine because she's she's part of it. Lamenting the death of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Okay. Um, let's see here. Uh, wish uh, I wish I was in her class right now, fangirling over Anita Hill, going to be a teacher at Brandeis University. All right. Um, donated every week to flip the Senate. Without these states, uh, 45 is through. They're trying to flip Texas, Arizona, Georgia, and North Carolina. So, okay, so some stuff about Star Trek Day. Uh, but, you know, very much, very much poll workers voting, 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 new projects. Um, stuff about the Democratic Convention. Nice things to say about that. Re retweeting Robert Reich. Kamala Harris. Okay, so so Gates McFadden is on one side. Okay. Who's next? John Billingsley. John Billingsley here on Twitter. Now, again, this is their personal accounts, and they can say whatever they want. But if you have a lot of people that are putting their face in front of a nonpartisan group, then you have you know, you have the right to examine their motives. You know, and so Billingsley here posting retweets and whatnot. Now he's doing he's doing some question and answer stuff, uh, but he's also. Uh, he's retweeting Adam Schiff. He's uh, retweeting about Cindy McCain endorsing Biden. So, I, so you go through this. Billingsley is not uh, is not on Trump's side of the aisle either. Not a surprise. Most of Hollywood is not. Let's see who's next. Robin Curtis. Robin Curtis doesn't have much of a profile on Twitter. Robin Curtis has this many tweets, three. And they're about her real estate stuff, and then there's something here about uh, Renee Evergenois. Rest in peace, sir. But it's, you know, she's not, she's not posting anything here. She's been on since September of 2013, and she's got, you know, two posts from 2013 and then a post from February. So she's not active on Twitter. There's no there's no way to tell really here. And I'm not going to start going through all of the other things like Facebook or anything else to, to find what she's doing. Okay, fine. All right, so Robin Curtis is part of this. And then we've got Andy Robinson, who also is not on Twitter. Then you have J.G. Hertzler who right up here at the very beginning on his pinned post calls our president a fascist. No ifs, ands, or buts about where he stands politically. Okay? I don't have to go any farther. Now, look, and, 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 and don't get me wrong, 
it is perfectly fine for all of these people to have these opinions. I'm, I'm not going to think any less of them because they have these opinions. I'm just, I'm just juxtaposing Trek the Vote is a nonpartisan organization with the people that are involved and in putting their faces out in support of the nonpartisan organization. That's all I'm doing here. Because if we're going to be informed voters, then it's important to have information. And that's all I'm presenting here. I'm not, I'm not slanting it either way. I'm just saying, this is, this is who they are. They're putting this out there on their social media. Okay, we'll take a look. Next up on this video, Armin Shimmerman. Shakespearean actor has a book coming out. He's a teacher. Uh, I think he's uh, I think he's teaching now uh, at University of Southern California. Maybe I'm not sure, but he does a lot of a lot of Q and A here. A lot of people asking him questions. He's answering the questions. He's talking about his you know this makeup process, the books. He talks about his new book coming out, all of this, um, and then here. He's retweeting somebody named Chris Liu, who lists a bunch of accusations against the president. All right, it's not—it's not loud. His 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 political voice on his Twitter account is not loud, which is good, because you know the more you scream and shout politically, the more you're going to turn a certain part of your fan base away from you. Either way. Either way. But I generally see that this, you know, the ugliness coming from one side. But that's neither here nor there. Now, we get, uh, you know, more more Q&A, more Q&A, more Q&A. Uh, Shout-outs about different projects. Talking about his book. Uh, and then a couple of more here. You know, he's retweeting Joe Biden. He's uh, criticizing the president. Okay, so that's where he is. Bada-bum. We know where Will Wheaton is. I'm not even, even going to talk about Will Wheaton because in my personal opinion and observing his behavior online, Will Wheaton has a lot of growing up still to do. That's that's all I will say. All right. But he's not on Twitter anymore either. And when he was, he had us blocked because I guess we follow the wrong people or something. I don't know. Childish. Childish. Will Wheaton. Chase Masterson, also in this group. And uh, a lot of this is talking about, you know, Trek the Boat... And, um, you know, the, the Starfleet virtual cocktail party, she's talking about her, her projects and her charity work, which is great. I'm all for it. You want to do that? Um, pandemic stuff. Don't see a whole lot here, but we do have some retweeting other 
uh, other people in support of uh, Biden. But over on her Facebook page, she's very vocal against the president. Just saying. Kitty Swink has two Twitter accounts. This particular one here, not quite so active as this one. And much more, you know, much more active and vocal on this side. This is, you know, she's retweeting Trek the Vote. That's fine. That's all well and good. And we get into stuff about um, the Supreme Court nomination. We get into some stuff about vacations. There's an advertisement for hard lemonade. Uh, Stuff about the, about... Armin Shimon's new book, they're married. She, I, I don't falter for that at all. She's going to promote her husband's work, sure. Uh, the New York Times stuff about the president's taxes, Trek the Vote. So, you know, she's... We know where she is. We know where she stands. Hannah Hattay, Molly O'Brien, she's probably the youngest out of all of this group. Uh, and she's, you know, posting the Trek the Vote stuff, interviews that she's done, um, talking about the fires in California, uh, retweeting Vote Him Out, retweeting Bernie Sanders. Best practices about wearing masks. So, you know, okay. And then back to Gates McFadden. That's all. That's all that's in that video. Now, it's it's perfectly fine. Anybody wants to speak out against the president or in support of Biden, or you want to speak out against Biden in support of the president. You you have that right. First Amendment explicitly guarantees that right. You can say anything you want, except if you're trying to incite an insurrection or something. That's that's a little bit different political speech. But when Trek the Vote sits there and says we're a nonpartisan organization and everybody associated with it is not nonpartisan and they are all of of the same political stripe, I start to look a little sideways at it. And for the people who have said, well, Star Trek has always been political, I would argue that no, it is not. Star Trek has never been about politics. Star Trek has dealt with social issues, and that's a different thing, because in the context of Star Trek has always been political, to me, political has to do with partisan ideologies, partisan politics, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Green Party, all of that. Star Trek has dealt with social issues more than it has political party issues, uh, political platforms. They've talked about the moral questions about certain things, racism, uh, gender equality. And, and there is 
a political party ideology attached to those social issues, and those ideologies don't always agree on how to approach those issues. But Star Trek raised questions about the issues without really getting into, here's how you change this thing. It was always a conversation starter, not a polemic on, here's how you fix it. This is what you must do to fix it. Because there is no one clear-cut answer to fixing any social issue. But for a group to sit there and say, we are a nonpartisan group, I'm perfectly fine with that. You want to say that you're a nonpartisan organization? Great. Live up to it. That's all I'm saying. Because if, if you're part of a group, and this goes back to, you know, does your social media presence represent the the organizations and the and the companies that you work for. Uh, this is something that has been going around now as a question in the comics industry for for a number of years now. Do you, on your social media accounts, your personal social media accounts, do you have a responsibility to keep in mind that you represent a brand? whether you are a Marvel Comics writer or editor or DC Comics or Star Trek or Doctor Who or Star Wars or Disney or WWE or the Washington football team, do you have a responsibility to ma maintain your social media presence as if you are a brand ambassador because you are. For as long as you're associated by the general public with that brand, then your behavior, whatever it is, can be seen as representing the brand. So if you come out and call people a bunch of man babies, Ryan Johnson, you represent the Star Wars brand when you do that. If you decide that you want people to die of cancer because of how they vote, you're representing a brand when you do that. If you say... You know, if, if, if you come out and say, if you don't like transgendered people, you're going to meet my baseball bat, you're representing a brand when you do that because you are known to be associated with a company. You're associated with a brand. And I think the brands have a responsibility, have an, uh, an obligation to do their due diligence and say, hey, might want to tone it down a little bit. Now, I'm not saying any of these people are going over the top with anything they're posting on social media. I, I, I'm not looking 
very deep in the in the weeds on what they're posting. I'm just getting a general sense here. But the brands need to be taking a look. Because we've known for a number of years that potential employers, if I'm interviewing you for a job, one of the things that I'm going to do is I'm going to look on your social media. And if you're posting a bunch of photos where you're half naked and drunk, I don't know that I necessarily want to hire you. If I'm doing a if I'm doing my due diligence and doing a background check and I see that you've been arrested at six times at, at riots, I may not want to hire you. Social media does not give you license to behave without restraint. And I think one of the problems with social media in general is the anonymity, is the, is the absence of consequences, real consequences. I'm not talking about, I mean, the cancel cult is a consequence, that's a different set of consequences. So some of that is manufactured. Some of that is, is mean girls driven. I mean, there's a lot of junior high behavior on social media. Social media has not been a benefit. It's, it's not been a net benefit for society as a whole, I think. But, uh, okay, Trek the vote, more power to you. If you if if that's if that's your thing, you want to do that, um, that's fine. Uh, if you're going to represent a brand, let me let me show you a couple of a couple of people who are doing it kind of better than than most. This is Garrett Wong's Twitter feed. Up top, he's got you know the the new podcast that he's doing with Robert Duncan McNeil, the Delta Flyers. He's going through here, and if you go through his timeline, it's about his shows. It's about, you know, there's a tribute to Aaron Eisberg. There's happy birthday to Roxanne Dawson. You know, show, uh, 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 events that he's been doing. Q&As, virtual panels, his stuff is all about Star Trek or his is she his girlfriend Megan Elise? No, Megan's yeah, Megan's brother. I guess Megan is is his significant other maybe. I, I'm making an assumption there. But he posts stuff every now and again from Megan. Um but all of this is panels, Q&As, get-togethers, events that are related to Star Trek or his podcasts. And Garrett has done a lot of um, uh, moderating panels when panels were a thing, when conventions were a thing, and that's fine. And he's, he's, putting, he's putting stuff out here about various different things. And he's not, he's not getting political on his feed. He's posting about projects, interactions with fans, and whatnot. Okay, great. Um, who else? Let's see. I'm going to go through here because here's Sirach Lofton. Played Jake Sisko. He also has a podcast called The Seventh Rule. They're going back through and reviewing various different things. He's got some stuff here about events. Um, 
interviews, reviews of, of episodes, a tribute to Aaron. Um, the monster ad is probably not put there by him. But it's, it's all about his work on Star Trek and the podcast. Now, there's, a, there's an ad there for the presidential debate, which is tonight, so that's a timing thing. But it's all reviews here. See, he's got some new professional actor headshots. But there's nothing, in, there's nothing political in his feed. He was a Star Trek actor. Here's a bunch of stuff about Star Trek. If you represent a brand, you need to be careful in how you represent yourself because that, for good or ill, will be associated with the brand. And if you run a brand, if you're responsible for a brand, you need to be careful about that as well. So, track the vote. Good luck. If you want to be a part of that, if you if you get part if you, if you become you, you know you join up with that organization, you want to tell us what it's about. More power to you. Send us an email. Let us know how it goes. Um, I'm curious about it. I, I I sincerely hope that the organizations that claim to be nonpartisan truly are nonpartisan, and I hope that they achieve their goals of making the electoral process fair and accessible to everybody who's eligible, and that's a key piece, eligible to vote in the United States elections. It is an important election. Every election is important. Like a certain presidential candidate and, and a president said, elections have consequences, and they do. Not just at the, at the presidential level, not just at the federal level, but elections have consequences at the state and county and city levels as well. Something to consider when you're looking at what's going on across our country is, you know, the question must needs be asked, who's in charge of the cities? Who's in charge of the counties? Who's in charge of the states? Not all of this is happening because of federal policy. And that's something that needs to be looked into as well. Ask those questions. Be an informed voter. And that goes for other things outside of politics as well. It goes for, you know, this is it's it's caveat emptor all the way around. Buyer beware. Whether you are selecting representatives in your government or buying a comic book or going to a movie, get you know, get information about it. Because at the end of the day, like I've said before, you, as a citizen, as a consumer, you are the ones in charge. You have the money to spend. You have the votes to cast. You, ultimately, are in control of the process. And the corporations and the political parties need to recognize and understand that it is you, the citizen, the consumer, and this is true even outside the United States, the consumer, the person who is buying into what you're selling, they're the ones that have control because there are more of them than there are of the politicians at the corporate and the corporate people. 
without your money, without your vote, they don't have any power. And that's what it comes down to, is power. Who has it? Who wants it? What will they do to get it? And what will they do to keep it? And that question should be asked of everyone who's trying to get you to do something. Whether it's vote for a certain candidate, or try to pass a particular bill, or a resolution, or a new city ordinance, or a tax, or get you to buy something, get you to sell something, get you to go somewhere, sit three hours for a presentation, and get a get a two a two night stay in a hotel or something. You have to make the decisions. And you have to make informed decisions. And be very careful where you source the information. Don't get it just from one place. Dig deep. Go down the rabbit hole a little bit. And find the connections that are not there on the surface. And take a civics class might do you some good. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Don't forget, we do have our 10% discount over at SuperheroStuff.com. Sci-Fi for Me 10 is the promo code. You use that when you check out. You get 10% off your order. And tomorrow, Cheryl Campbell will be our guest. She is the author of Echoes of Darkness. This is the second book in the Echoes trilogy. I have the first book here somewhere. There we go. First book, Echoes of War, came out, what, last year? Did I get this last year or year before last? I don't remember. So this is the first book. It's pretty good. We did a review on it. I have not had a chance to write a review of the second book, but we will be talking to Cheryl tomorrow. And then on Thursday, uh, we will have here with us uh, Mike Murphy, who is the the creator of a, a crowdfunded comic book called Deep Well, The Caliber of Death. And that is on, uh, that is currently funding on Indiegogo. Um, I don't know how much time they've got on that right now. Let me take a look here real quick. They may be already, already done. Um... Yeah, it looks, it looks like it's in demand now. They've got over $10,000 raised on that. So we'll be talking to Mike Murphy about that on Thursday. And then we're starting to line up people for next week. So uh, if you have suggestions for guests, leave us a comment, uh, put it in the chat, or uh, send us an email live from the bunker at sci-fi4me.com. And we will be back tomorrow here with Cheryl Campbell on another edition here on Sci-Fi For Me. Thanks for being here. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.